the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of the show brought to you by, remember, you need a fighter. If you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, or workplace injury, is this you? Well, tell you what, why not fight back and call Jack? You are entitled to be compensated for your injuries. I wish the insurance company just handed over to you the amount that you are in fact entitled to for your pain and suffering but they don't so you need a fighter so when they try to lowball you well your option what you should do your move fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall dog bite domestic abuse workplace injury fight back call jack 401 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com did i mention free consultation it is he's a fighter jack calvino and he'll fight for you fight back call jack 401-785-9400 it's john dipetro now you're um i'm seeing that it's really around the country that different people are really questioning the results of what happened in the election of 2020 now I would not hold my breath with anything happening around here. Uh, That is just not something that the Rhode Island Republican Party, uh, I I respect them, but it's just not something that they feel comfortable in and they have not pursued in any way. I'm seeing that the, um, for instance, the Washington Post has a story, despite little evidence of fraud, Wisconsin Republican uh, hires uh, retired police to probe the 2020 election but think of that phrasing despite so maybe there was like a little fraud well why don't you start to get into it and see why why should we accept any fraud and that's the question that i think everyone needs to and you need to understand that and right now folks you know secretary of state nilly gorbia we're still going back and forth with her i want you to understand that they hide all the information that we are entitled to and they try to make it just a small percentage but the fact of the matter is the other other states are far more transparent but in rhode island there has to be pushback and as much as i um i like and try to support the rhode island republican party it is not their area for whatever reason their area of comfort and they don't seem to like to push back on her that's their decision i don't like to second guess i think there's certainly room to go after and question a lot of the results and i i've never accepted this business that well you know that can you prove there's massive scale fraud there's no way to prove it unless we have full access and we don't have access and it was all made up this was all i know it it's july of 2017 and they say no we have everything no you don't have everything right there because they don't relieve release the birthdays and then they say well you can come in and look at our computer but that's disingenuous because the real way there are there are people there are uh computer programs set up and designed that you could go through that would filter out any type of fraud now the only thing is you need the full database to then put it in so for someone to just go and think okay like remember like in the library when we used to all go to the library and there was like a certain section that you could go in and, and look at the the stuff that they had now you couldn't take it out it was a lot of the stuff that was like on file or different things like that they would find it for you you'd uh you know look it up remember going to the library and then they'd find the different uh stuff but you couldn't remove it from there you couldn't take it out but you could just sit there and go through it i mean that's what that's like but what you need is 
there's there are states that have computer programs and they go through and they can detect cross-reference if someone uh, has already been taken there's just different programs that are sophisticated and they're for that very reason and that's the reason why by the way and she wants to be the governor nelly gobia won't allow uh that information to go out we do not have legitimate elections you know so much is coming undone look at the fact now they have been screaming that president trump was wrong and shouldn't have been saying that the virus started in a lab in wuhan now president biden is saying man maybe we should investigate that i'm t- of course it is you know there was also a change just just today or yesterday that facebook now will will allow people to post that the virus was man-made before that you couldn't they would block it or take it down or punish the people posting it now on social media you can post that the virus was was man-made i believe the people that have said from the beginning that it was man-made it has all the characteristics of a man-made virus they were looking to explore in, in uh, bio warfare and that's why that came about in that way now there's another story people talk about well you know they're part of the economy and what could happen in sanctuary cities how about the man on trial for the abduction well illegal alien abduction stabbing death molly tibbetts university of iowa student is claiming for the first time two masked men were responsible for the crime and forced him to take part at gunpoint i'm just glad now he has a reasonable explanation of what happened the illegal alien on trial 2018 do you remember this abduction stabbing death university of iowa student claimed two masked men as i said they took him at gunpoint forced him to do it in a surprise development the defense called the illegal alien christina bina rivera as a witness at his first degree murder trial he had admitted his black car was the one seen surveillance video circling her while she was jogging july 18 2018 almost three years ago he acknowledged she ended up in his car's trunk that he hit her body in a cornfield and then he told investigators where to find it a month later but the farm laborer presented a far different narrative of what happened denying he was responsible for the stab wounds this guy worked on a farm to the uh that caused her death he said two armed men this is the illegal alien and by the way the associated press story that i'm i'm separate um referencing they've yet to mention that he is but i i know that he is and and other news outlets are saying it two armed men wearing black and had the face covered showed up at his trailer after finished showering that evening the men directed him get in his car drive they passed as she ran several times directed him to stop uh this illegal said a man with a knife got out of the car walked down the road the man was gone for 10 minutes second man in the back seat of the car grew nervous said come on jack now we have a name the defendant is the the accused the murderer said he didn't know the men's identities but his lawyers tried to raise suspicion about tibbet's boyfriend dalton jack this is disgraceful who admitted to an affair with another woman past anger problems police said they cleared him as a suspect after establishing he was out of town for work that day so here's the illegal on the stand trying to point them in the direction of her former boyfriend um he said he covered her body with uh uh he said the men took off foot down the road never saw them again he opened the trunk a few minutes later and found the body he said it was heavy carried to the cornfield covered her body with constructs i didn't want her to be exposed to the sun and then left never planned to discuss what happened again he said he'd left her phone fitbit and earbuds on the side of the road he said he wasn't truthful when detectives began questioning him about the disappearance he was worried about his daughter's safety uh back then he had approached tibbets as she ran fought with her after she threatened to call police then blacked out before hiding her body that's what he said the first time now he's saying two masked men trying to point them in the direction of her former boyfriend he recounted growing up poor in southern mexico illegally coming to the u.s crossing a river in texas immediately went to live in iowa where his uh, family had settled so he had been uh, jailed and you know this is they had not expected him testifying no way but my point is these are the dangers when you operate a sanctuary city no rules no regard for human life all right we'll have a lot more ahead you're listening to the john DePietro show well it's a challenge to run your business these days maybe you need to find the right type of workers 
Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter, call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. If you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me is attorney Tim Dot. Tim, if you don't mind, I, I want to start off with uh, everything that happened this past weekend in Narragansett. And uh, it seems to be a breakdown with police. People are questioning. People are uh, loud and playing music late at night and cars are racing back and forth. And some of the allegations of, uh, of kids that were on the beach and police are just telling them to leave and disperse and they weren't doing it. And uh, we haven't seen anything like this in quite some time. So I'd like to walk through it. Yes, um, I think that uh, folks who aren't familiar with really what goes on in Narragansett go full in an earful um, during Sunday's um, riot or whatever you'd want to call that big um, melee that occurred on the town beach. There's been a consistent problem in the town um, in really... You can look to the town manager. If the town manager answers to the town council, as does the chief of police. In the pier area, where a lot of these problems are occurring, it's sort of the perfect storm of bad things happening at the same time. Last summer was very, very difficult. Anyone who lives there would tell you. Um, There were a lot of young people who didn't have jobs. who were getting paid unemployment. They were probably making more money on unemployment with the bonus checks than they'd ever seen before. So now they got money in their pocket and time on their hands. There's no movies to go to. There were no restaurants really to go to. Um, there were no concerts to go to. 
You can go bowling. You know, you can do anything. So what do you do? You go to the beach. Um, a lot of people were at the beach who had probably never been to the beach before. Um, there was very little police presence. There was lots of um, people walking the seawall, you know, in groups, dropping the F-bombs around families. Mm. The smell of pot was thick in the air at all times. Yeah. Um, it was really not what you'd like to see, you know, at the pier. Um, the vehicles race between up and down um, Ocean Road and on Beach Street. Um, and the cars these days, I don't know, in the old days, if your car was backfiring, that was a sign that you weren't maintaining your car or that you had a jalopy that you were driving. Now there's a lot of very new cars, very sporty cars, which seem either to be coming from the factory or modified to have these explosive like backfiring and as noisy as possible. And that seems to excite the kids who are down there because they cheer and um, they um, encourage this type of speeding and loud engines. Um, that's separate apart from the motorcycles. Hmm. The problem could be solved, John. You put a cop in yeah. each of the traffic lights in front of the town beach right. with a radar gun. Problem solved. There's a specific town ordinance that goes on for maybe 10 pages. It's a noise ordinance. And the noise ordinance, if I could just, I mean, the cops aren't doing anything. And I'm sure they're being told not to do anything by this town council, which is a somewhat progressive liberal town council. For violating the noise ordinance, and you can prove violations with a decibel meter, and there's very specific standards for different times of the day and different times at night. For the first offense, a fine of not less than four hundred dollars, wow. or imprisonment of not less than not more than thirty days, and for any subsequent offense in a twelve-month period, a fine of not less than five hundred dollars, and imprisonment of not more than thirty days. So, if the cops got on the stick and either started writing tickets for speeders or started writing noise ordinance tickets. Um, you know, after people start getting banged four or five hundred dollars for a noise violation, and speeding tickets would be like shooting fish in a barrel. Oh. It would be so easy; the town would make a ton of money. They wouldn't even have to charge you on the beach. The town is dazzled right now because they were getting money for, from people paying to get on the beach, and I know town officials were thrilled that they were making money last year by people paying to get on their beach. Um, but that comes at a cost. That's right. A cost of quality of life, uh, quiet and peaceful enjoyment of residents of the town, especially in the pier area. But I can tell you that people who live down near Scarborough are saying the same thing. Where are the cops? People who live down near Point Judith, same thing. Where are the cops? Um, I know people who call the cops nightly to complain about these things. And not much is done, John, and unless the council is going to get after the police department to enforce their laws and enforce their speeding um, regulations, et cetera, it's going to be another chaotic summer. And it's like, I'm not analogizing it to these particular young people, but it's like kids with parents. You're going to get away with as much as you can get away with yep. until the parents tell you, no, you can't do that, and you're not going to continue doing that. So you're familiar with the town beach. There's a parking lot, which is adjacent to where all of this bedlam happened over the weekend. In years past, a chain link, a, a chain, not a chain link fence, a chain was uh, put, a very thick chain across the entrance at nine o'clock. So if your car was in there at nine, you're stuck. You're not getting out till the morning. Right. They, they now leave that open all night. Ah. Oh. So that's a place where young people congregate. Absolutely. They congregate there every night. They're smashing beer bottles. They're um, racing and peeling out and just, you know, doing what young people do. I mean, if I was 18, I would probably be doing the same thing if I could get away with it. And they're getting away with it. And the police station is literally um, a stone's throw, a literal stone's throw from where this is happening. And there's really no evidence of any police 
uh, enforcement, police patrol, or anything else. So now you take this to last Sunday's activities. The beach isn't open. There are no lifeguards. There's no one collecting money. The parking lot is wide open. We knew all week it was going to be a 90-degree day. You knew all week there was going to be a ton of kids down there. And guess what? There were a ton of kids down there. Yep. And the town did nothing to get ahead of this problem. Hmm. It seemed like they were quite flat-footed. Suddenly they're calling in police from North Kingston, South Kingston. Yeah. They're calling in the state police. Yep. I mean, if you knew you were going to have this amount of activity, um, you know, they knew. They knew this was coming, and they really didn't prepare for it, or they just stuck their head in the sand and crossed their fingers and hoped for the best, and the best didn't happen. In fact, the worst happened. So I think it's going to be another really ugly summer unless the cops are allowed to enforce the laws. And my suspicion is a lot of this handcuffing of the cops is being directed by the uh, town council, which is, is a very unfortunate state of affairs. Yeah, and Tim Dodd, you know, it's interesting how in different communities we see around the country, if 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 people hand, you know, handcuff the police, if people have a certain progressive attitude, and that's where it stems from, and they feel that, you know, police should kind of just take a back seat and really just go after serious crime. And, well, what about everyone else? Quality of life suffers. What about people that have to work? And one thing about, you know, we know about young people is is they will gather where if they're not going to get harassed. If the, meaning if, if they can gather in a parking lot or wherever it may be and and police are not going to or people tell them to move along or whatever, then then they're going to do it and they go back and then word spreads that, hey, if you go and hang at this place, you know, no one gives you a hard time. And it's it's really I, I think it is going to be an ugly summer for everyone. Most of your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with Garden City. Yes. And I know a, a lot of Cranston cops, and typically the younger cops who are have a beat, they've got, you know, the, the whatever their shift is. I know specifically that whoever had the Garden City beat would be part of their job was every night when the stores were getting ready to close or after they'd closed or during the summer, the cops would go through and if kids were congregating around the gazebo or congregating in the parking lot, yeah. the cops moved them along. Right. They were rousted out of there. They were never allowed to get a toehold that this was going to be their hangout place. The cops wouldn't allow it. Right. And guess what? It never happened. Yeah. And if the cops in Narragansett did something similar, um, they would have a lot less problems. And it's just inexplicable why there's such a hands-off do-nothing attitude. It makes oh. no sense. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, Free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. 
while the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health. 401 305 3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, we're going to stay the focus on Narragansett. Boy, this is an unusual story. And I feel, uh, again, if the facts are the way they've been mapped out, some family decides they're going to go and have a nice meal at the Coast Guard house, which is, uh, you know, Rhode Island famous place and beautiful. And, and some woman decides, I, I don't know. I don't know what's in people's minds or what comes out about it, but starts accosting them and screaming at them. And you don't belong here and you blacks don't belong here. And and Attorney General Pina Narona, he is not messing around with this this new hate crime legislation. It's what what's frightening is it's it's so out of the ordinary and just so vicious and mean that uh, it's hard to believe someone would behave like that. But but right now it's it's happening in court. Yes, if, if I may, I, I want to talk about this is a very good case, but one little more bit about Narragansett. I know specifically a group of residents went and had a meeting with the town manager and the chief of police saying, why don't you put a cop on at the light? Why don't you get somebody out there with a radar gun? Why don't you put somebody at the corner? A response? Well, you know, we're pretty stretched out, but if you folks would like to pay for a private detail, oh, we could probably get an oh, officer to do it. Oh, here we go. Does that, does that sound familiar, John? Yes. Um, yeah. I, I was astonished when I heard that that wow. was the response. You pay for a detail huh. and we'll do our job. Wow. I think, so, isn't the word, that's, I think, isn't that term extortion? Or a shakedown. Shakedown, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. It's astonishing. Yeah. So that's, you know. You know, let's just stay with Narragansett, of... Tim Dodd, just for another moment, because I have also heard that there's, you know, in the past, there's no problem, which doesn't make sense, is they, they will go into a residence where you have 15 URI kids, and they'll take, you know, they have a keg, and they have no problem, stormtroopers going in, the whole thing. You have a group of, and I mean, there's some rough people that have discovered the seawall, and they like hanging out there, and they play loud music and drums. And suddenly now, because of what happened last year, police are very timid, if not completely afraid to go up and say anything to to these, you know, young kind of punky type kids. It's It's very discouraging. Yeah, and there, there's there's loud music and there's bongo players and you know people who just don't know how to behave generally. But I can in part sympathize with the cops because their credibility has been undermined yes. nationally right. by the media, and um, the respect for authority generally has degraded a lot. Sometimes the cops don't deserve respect when you catch a bad cop. But in, in the main, I think, you know, most cops are trying to do a good job, but they, they don't get respect from anyone. Look at what happened on the beach Sunday. The kids were trying to, like, steal, I think, one of the cops' um, the hats, hats and har yeah. harassing, harassing the cops and poking at the cops and certainly not respecting the badge and not respecting the no. uniform. These cops were uh, outmanned. You know, 
substantially. Twenty-five to one, yeah. and they're walking into this melee. Um, it's no wonder that the cops nationally are demoralized and that they're retiring or quitting in numbers that we've never seen before. So, I mean, there's certainly two sides to this coin, and I can understand why cops don't want to hear it. They'd rather stay at the station and not go deal with anything. But I would probably feel the same way if I were a cop. Hmm. But if you're going to take that paycheck, you got to do the job. Tim, what about, though, someone sitting out in public and just decide, I just want to play these drums or bongo? I mean, isn't that disturbing the piece? Well, it is disturbing the piece, and it could be seen as a public nuisance. Yeah. And there's a specific noise ordinance. I mean, Narragansett took the pains to have this extraordinarily detailed uh, noise ordinance. They've got noise um, decibel maximums for motorcycles, for cars, for power equipment, for all kinds of things and circumstances. And I've heard of zero, zero attempt to enforce the ordinance. Mm. Now, if, if you've got 25 motorcycles driving down Ocean Road, because that's what they do frequently, you can't discern if you've got a decibel meter who you're going to charge right? because it all blends in together. But if you've got a particular idiot playing the bongos at midnight and you put a decibel meter on him, or if you've got another idiot revving the engine at 2 in the morning ah. and you put a decibel meter on it, you can isolate um, the sound, where it's coming from, and you've got your evidence just like if you had a radar gun and you charge the people. Yeah. It's, it's inexplicable why nothing nothing is happening. I'm but, just curious, Tim Dodd, what did the town manager say? I mean, you'd think he'd be more a little more responsive. You know, see, it would be nice yeah. if, if that town had a mayor. Because right. if you had a mayor, a good mayor like Charlie Lombardi, That's or right. a, good mayor, a good mayor like Joe Policina, yeah. this would not be happening. No. But Narragansett has a town manager. He's an administrator. He's yeah. not elected. He serves at the pleasure of the council. He's not going to stick his neck out, in my, I would presume, on any issue or for any reason unless he gets marching orders from the council. Right. So he is a servant of the council, whereas in a mayoral situation, um, the mayor is a separate independent power source, separate and apart from the council. So town managers don't have a lot of muscle or weight they can throw around. Yeah. I wish we could have Charlie come down there for about a week. It's a yeah. place out. Tim Dodd, I think of the story of Mayor Cianci one night. It's Saturday night. He's at Mediterraneo, and he's in the middle of telling a story. Somebody on a motorcycle goes by, revving the engine. He he then notifies, has the Providence police. They go. They track the guy down. I think at this point he was even overwhelmed by the east side. They bring him back, and he made the guy go table to table and apologize to the people for revving his motorcycle. But anyhow, that was Mayor Cianci. Let's get to, though, this uh, hate crime yes. trial that's yes. taking place. Well, it, it's it's an ugly story. Yeah. It, it's, it's a very disturbing situation. It's a, a wonderful restaurant, and a, a, um, a gentleman and his family, he's uh, black or of color, if you will, and his wife and his two kids, and they come in, and there's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I've been in the Coast Guard house more times than I can count. There's, oh, you know, you frequently see people of color. There's nothing, no big deal. It's a, it's a place where everyone's welcome. It's a great place. Right. Um, so this family comes in, and this woman goes out of her way to say, look at that blanking black guy. Why don't you go back where you came from? Ah. Now, now, I don't know if she was so intoxicated she doesn't know what she was doing. I don't know if she's a racist who would just say that no matter what. I, I can't imagine anyone calling out a nice family looking to have dinner by the ocean and they're getting hit, not hit physically, but hit with this verbal assault. So uh, one of, I believe the daughter of this family is smart enough to get out her phone and take a picture of this woman's license plate right. as she's leaving uh, the restaurant. I presume that this woman who said these dreadful things was probably on her way out because when you're leaving, you pass by the folks who are coming in. It's right. the same entrance and exit. 
So I'm sure she made this awful comment, you know, as she was walking by thinking she could say it and then leave and be untraced and get away with it. But the young lady was smart enough to get the evidence. The cops track her down. Now, she's been charged with a misdemeanor, John, uh, initially. And it's what we would call a petty misdemeanor of disorderly conduct. Under the disorderly conduct statute in Rhode Island, there's a number of ways you can be disorderly. Um, you can be, you know, engaged in fighting and tumultuous behavior. Um, you can be, you know, causing a scene like, a, say, families out in the backyard screaming and yelling at each other at a, at a family cookout. That can be disorderly. But one of the specific subsections says you can be disorderly um, if a person directs at another person in a public place offensive words which are likely to provoke a violent reaction on the part of an average person so addressed. Now, that statute has a lot of wiggle room in it. And a lot of it would almost be subjective. So, again, it's if a person, the defendant, directs at another person in a public place, so that's satisfied because it was directed at this family in a public place, offensive words, well, those were certainly offensive words, which are likely to provoke a violent reaction. That's very subjective. Can that element of the statute be satisfied to provoke a violent reaction on the part of an average person so addressed? And what's an average person? There's no normative standard for what an average person is. Hmm. Are, you, are you an average person? Right. Am I an average person? Right. And if this idiot woman were to have said that to me, um, I would take that differently because I am not black. And I would take it differently than the gentleman and the family to whom she said this. But the statute is sort of wide open. And in the criminal world, the state has to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Just like the Jeff Britt case, the statute under which Britt was charged was so poorly drafted, although we all might think that he was guilty of the offense, when you applied the statute to the alleged conduct, the state couldn't prove the crime. Right. They might find they've got a little bit of difficulty with this. But let's assume the judge says, I find you guilty of disorderly conduct. Before, she was just looking at a maximum of a $500 fine or a maximum of six months in jail, which is less than the typical misdemeanor, which is up to a year and up to a thousand bucks. So this we call a petty misdemeanor. But for any misdemeanor, it, the penalties can be enhanced if the court finds that this was a hate crime. We recently saw... <clears throat> A trial go forward. Um, you'll recall the retired dentist in Barrington yes. who was having a boundary beef with his neighbor, who was, I think, a man of perhaps um, Indian or Pakistani, Pakistani I'm not right. sure which, yep. um, ancestry. And the retired dentist allegedly assaulted and hurled a number of racial slurs at um, the other gentleman and his wife. That went to trial. He was found guilty of assault, but the trial judge did not find that the state had proved that the hate crime enhancements had been proved at trial. Yep. Um, it's a pretty tough standard. You've got to be able to show that, in this case, that the woman intentionally selected a person against whom the offense was committed Um because of a specific hatred or animus towards the actual or perceived color, race, national origin, or ancestry of the person to whom the, the speech was directed. Again, that's a pretty wide open standard. Right. I, typically, hate, typically a hate crime would be, and for, forgive the dreadful example, a couple of guys get drunk some night and they go out and they say, we're going to take a baseball bat and the first person of whatever ancestry you choose, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I choose not to right now, but whatever group they seem to have a problem with, 
they go out and they target people of the group that they don't like and they say things or they uh, or assault the person from the group that they don't like. That to me is a hate crime. It's a premeditated situation. Will this rise to that standard? Um, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I, I think that the woman who said it is reprehensible. I hope she would get convicted of something here. Right. I'm, I think the state's going to have a hard time. Yeah. Peter Peter Nerone has got nothing to lose because if it's proved, you know he's he's winning one for social justice. If he loses the case on that hate crime topic, he can say I tried. Yeah. So either way it's a smart thing for him to do politically. And yep. I think it's a reasonable thing for him to do legally. I think mm. they've got a reasonable chance to prove the hate crime elements here. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service 401-439-6028 Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist Yankee Tree Service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, what is all this talk? What do you make of all this talk that there's going to be a grand jury investigating President Trump, uh, I believe in in New York? Well, you know, it's a funny thing, John. I, I believe now we know that there is a grand jury and we know that Cyrus Vance Jr. is a professional Trump hater. Um, he's going to be leaving office, I believe, um, in the fall. He's not running for re-election. Um, so he's on the federal side because he's the U.S. attorney um, for the appropriate district there in New York. On the state side, the attorney general, Letitia James, who also is a um, ardent Trump hater, is um, investigating um, Trump and the Trump organization on the state side. So Cyrus Vance and the U.S. Attorney's Office, as you'll recall, um, had a long, hard fight with the Trump organization to obtain uh, tax returns, which they've now got. They've also got a couple of very uh, important cooperating witnesses who have, I think, a motivation to harm uh, President Trump and the Trump Organization. You've got Michael Cohen, the convicted lawyer, formerly, you know, Trump's Mr. Fixit, apparently, who's connecting the dots for the feds as to how money changed hands and ultimately made its way to Stormy Daniels. Uh, apparently, Cohen's met with the uh, feds on it, not less than a dozen or two occasions. You get the feds also leaning on um, Alan Wesselberg, who is the former CFO of the Trump Organization. And Wesselberg, I don't know if he is cooperating, but Wesselberg's got an ex-daughter-in-law who was hey Wesselberg because she's giving the feds as much information as she can shovel in their direction to either hurt Wesselberg or ultimately Trump and the Trump Organization. There's a lot of potential problems um and we talked about it briefly in in a previous segment where they're looking into whether the trump organization inflated certain real estate values which were then being um donated to get a tax break and where the was the donated property inflated as to its value so that they'd get a better bang for their buck 
were other assets which were worth less overvalued for the purpose of getting more favorable loan rates and you know loan terms. There's also issues with um, instead of giving somebody a bigger salary, trying to give them, let's say, a free apartment, if you will, which is imputable income. But if it's not declared by the organization and it's not declared by the employee, that could be you know, tax fraud um, and other fraudulent um, potential crimes resulting out of that. Will all of this reach to the level of Donald Trump in his capacity as CEO of the Trump organization? That remains to be seen. Can it get to his sons? Can it get to some of the other senior officers? Who knows? Um, the unfortunate thing here is not that this organization is being investigated, because if there's a legitimate crime, it should be investigated and it should be put in front of the grand jury. But the grand jury is supposed to be secret. And as we know, many times there's, you know, the whispers, the anonymous sources say, guess what? There's a federal grand jury out there investigating this, 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 and this. Well, so you've got this silent, unknown person from the sidelines providing this information, um, presumably getting it out into the public realm to um, wound the, uh, Donald Trump personally and to undercut, you know, if he's got any interest in running for um, office in the future. Let's assume this uh, grand jury is hanging out there in the dark where we don't really know what they're investigating, and it's going into the fall of 2022, the election cycle. Um, not to be a cynic, but I can see why Cyrus Vance or Letitia James would love to have this specter of potential criminal conduct by Trump or his organization hanging out there at election time. So we would hope it's a legitimate investigation, and we would hope that it's not a politically motivated um, grand jury and criminal investigation that doesn't really have any expectation of having charges resulting from it, but it just keeps um, uh, President Trump on his heels politically. I'm not sure which the motivation is. I don't think any of us know. But, you know, you can be a little cynical about the timing of all this. And Tim Dodd, finally, um, Steve Bannon, who, uh, you know, certainly high profile when they I think they got him right off the coast of Fisher Island, which is not far from Block Island. He was on a big yacht and was indicted and very you know high profile situation. Then President Trump pardoned him. And it sounds like with that element that uh, Steve Bannon, who to me really was the architect and genius of the 2016 you know, final push of the fall campaign. But he, um, it looks like he's now in the clear. Yes, he was pardoned in the in the waning, literally the waning hours of the Trump administration. Um, he had previously been charged by the feds um, with fraud. We'll recall that um, Bannon was part of a group that was um, purportedly raising money um, for the construction of the border wall. And the representations were made that all monies donated would be used for that purpose and not for administrative expenses or salaries or anything else. <laughs> As it turned out, apparently Bannon was um, diverting literally millions of dollars yeah. to, to himself for either salary or expenses or um, other personal obligations. Um, clearly, um, the money was diverted in a manner that uh, was fraudulent vis-a-vis -vis those who were donating to the cause. Um, he was charged, in a, in, you know, and he was arrested in a very spectacular way, much like they did with Roger Stone, much like they've done with Rudy Giuliani. Um, it's curious how certain people are made a spectacle of by the feds and other people are not. But I guess that's a topic for a different day. But at the end of the day, Steve Bannon gets his pardon. Now, the feds are furious because they wanted to prosecute another one of Trump's um, lieutenants. Um, they asked, so Bannon's lawyers asked the case be dismissed. The feds object. There's, there's no objection, but they object anyways, saying, 
we think you should suspend. We, we don't think you should dismiss this judge. We just think you should like suspend the prosecution. Um, I guess to keep this all hanging over Bannon's head. The judge said, no, um, it's appropriate to dismiss the case. But the judge went on to say, although I'm dismissing the case, it's being dismissed because of this pardon. And when somebody is pardoned, there's an implication that that person has some guilt. Because if you don't have guilt, you don't need a pardon. So I'm, I'm dismissing this case, Mr. Bannon, with the full recognition that you were pardoned and that pardon presumes guilt. So see you later. So now the feds say, well, you know, there's a presumption of, that he was guilty. Bannon's lawyers in front of the press saying, well, no one's convicted my client, so he remains an innocent man. So both sides get their talking points. Um, but you can see it's another example where the feds, um, in a way that they I, you don't normally see, were furiously objecting to something that was obvious that the case was going to be dismissed. Just like the, well, it wasn't so much the feds as the judge in um, the case with Mike Flynn, although it was obvious what was going to happen, they just wouldn't accept it and kept that case going for way longer than it should. So it's unfortunate when it presumed political motivations overshadow what the law clearly requires judges or lawyers to do. And because of the politics, they don't want to do it. And the system shouldn't work that way. Folks, he is our uh, legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you again. You too, John. Take care. It's spring and time to call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today for Light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600. 401 351-7600. It's J.K.L. Engineering. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025